Welcome back to another jam-packed episode of the Travel Business Babe podcast, empowering you to step outside your comfort zone to create the life and the business of your dreams. The TBB podcast is the perfect blend of personal branding and personal development designed to give you tips, tricks, and strategies to help you create the life and online business of your dreams so you can have the freedom to work from anywhere. A travel business babe is the CEO of her life and her business. She dreams big and takes massive action on her goals. She harnesses the power of social media to build up her personal brand so that she can have the life and the business that she dreams of. so excited. We have Nadine, who is a social media manager and consultant, and she helps other businesses with their social media and coaches women from all over the world how they can become a social media manager and travel the world full time. So welcome, Nadine. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Of course. So Nadine, so her Instagram is the blonde underscore seashell. So just so everyone knows, um, that's how I found her. That's how I know who she is. And so Nadine, why don't you tell us a little bit about where you are right now? (laughs) Yeah. So at the moment, I'm sitting in Bali. It is raining at the moment because it is rainy season. And yeah, this year I've been traveling all over the world. But for the next few months, I've decided to choose my base, Bali, again. Oh, I love that. So (laughs) right now, Nadine and I are actually like 12 hours apart, right? Yeah, 13 even now. (laughs) So 13 hours apart. So it's 7.30 where I am right now. And so it must be 8.30 at night where she is. So it is. Yeah. (laughs) That's amazing that the internet can bring us all together. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I love that. So Nadine, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got started doing what you're doing? And I mean, helping companies with social media and helping women travel and become social media managers. Yeah, I'd love to. So I actually quit my job like three years ago just because I couldn't sit in an office anymore. So I chose to travel a little bit and um, was actually going back to an office, but then quit my job before I even started it because I knew I just cannot go back. And while I was traveling, I thought like I need to figure out something because I need to get money again. I used it all for traveling. And I started doing social media for this cafe, but then the owner wanted me to go back to her office. And I was like, no. And then I figured "Mm, I could just offer social media services to other companies. So I was doing research and research every night. And then I was pitching myself to everyone I knew. And suddenly I got so many clients and I've been doing that for... I'd say one and a half to two years now. And I got so many girls asking me, how can I do that too? And how can I become a social media manager and just travel the world? You always post those nice pictures. So I put a program together to help those girls to achieve the same thing because I feel like we're living in a time where you don't have to go to an office anymore. With all the digital technology, you can just work from anywhere. It's so so true. Yeah. Um, yesterday I actually posted something saying that it's predicted by 2027 that 50% of the U S workforce is going to be like freelance. So whether that's digital nomads or just being freelance for an office working from home, but that makes me really excited because I feel like we've kind of jumped started that. And now many more people, yeah, like so many more people (laughs) want to do that, which is awesome. Yeah. It's so exciting. It really, really is. So I want to talk about two things that you were just 
saying there. So when you say that you pitch yourself to other companies, I think that a lot of women and men get stuck here because they're like, oh, I really want to um, work remotely, but they don't know how to go about making those connections or pitching to companies or small businesses. So what would some of your advice be to someone who wanted to pitch to a company to work for them remotely or freelance? Yes, yeah, so that was actually the reason why I put this program together because I felt like a lot of girls messaged me saying, I don't feel confident enough. So I'd say you have to feel confident with social media if you want to pitch yourself. You have to know the basis. And then I would say... Um, Choose a local business, a local business that has a social media presence, but it's not good. You don't have to be 10 steps ahead of them, just one or two steps, and then you can already improve it. And then you have your first clients, and from there, it'll be so much easier because your confidence will grow, and you've already like a small portfolio to show to other clients. Don't start working on your own Instagram account or a website. Just start right away with your first client because that's how you will get growth. And I also think it's really easy to start your freedom life like that because you can start it as a side hustle. You don't have to do it like me. I just quit my job, left Switzerland, and I was like, okay. But you can start it as a side hustle. And then once you see, okay, this is actually working, then you can go away from your full-time job and travel the world. That's so true. And I think starting small is super important. A lot of people have this large picture and they want to work for a massive company, like say, oh, I want to work with Google and be remote. And that's just, you know, that's kind of looking at the pot of gold, not looking at the rainbow per se. That's actually totally. Yeah. And it makes it so much more achievable as well, because I think when you scroll to Instagram and you see someone else's picture and you feel like, well, they just got lucky or maybe they have a lot of money and that's how they can do it. But you can start with baby steps and suddenly you end up having the life you always dreamed of before you even realize it. I love it. And seriously, like I've been following you for a really long time. So being able to actually talk to you, it makes me so happy and so excited because I've admired what you're doing. Thanks, Christy. That's so lovely. (laughs) You're welcome. Um, Okay. So I kind of want to dive right into, so I originally reached out to Nadine because I know that she does this social media management and I've gotten a lot of questions actually about running Facebook and Instagram ads. So I asked Nadine if this is something that she does and if she could speak to it a little bit. Um, I know there's multiple parts to it, but can you just starting walk us through how to even go setting up an ad? Yeah. So I think the most important thing before you even go to your ad manager or mess around anything with your Facebook ad is like get a piece of paper out there and write down what is your actual goal? What do you want to achieve with your Facebook ad? Do you want to get a conversion? Do you want to get people to your email list? Or do you just want to watch them your video? That is very, very important. Not only for the following up strategy, but also how you set it up in Facebook. And then the next important thing for you is to know who is your target audience. If you're not super clear on who your target audience is, don't even start on Facebook ads. That's a real waste of money. And that's actually when clients come to me, they usually, it's always the same thing they say like, oh yeah, I've run already ads. They don't work for me. And then I go into their ad manager and I see they clicked one time 
boost post, you know, that little button you get when you um, post on your Facebook page and then Facebook randomly suggests what you could target. But it's like shooting in the dark. It doesn't go to your target audience. Only you know your target audience. Um, so that's the second most uh, important thing to do. First, define your goal, then set, know your target audience. And the third thing is once the ads are up and running, you need to know the numbers. So if you have no idea what the numbers mean, then again, how do you know if your ad is working or not? You just see how much money you spend. So if you're not super clear on those three points, then don't run ads yet. That's my first advice, I would say. I think that's so smart and it's so true. Like you, there's a lot more that you need to know other than just hitting that boost post button because, um, I've heard of this. Well, it's like a local company around here and I know that they just hit the boost ad and you really don't see conversions from it. So if you are someone who's looking for a conversion or you really want them to take action on your post, you really need to only target your target audience. (laughs) So if you are someone who needs to sit down and create like your perfect client persona, Definitely take a day or however long it is to create that persona because you need that for not only Facebook and Instagram ads, but I just think in general for all of your social channels, you need to know who you're talking to. Totally, yeah. So (laughs) do you have a perfect client persona? You don't need to exactly explain who they are, but do you talk to one type of person on your social channels as well? Yeah, totally. I only talk to one uh, person. It's like you should talk to only one person instead of many. Because if you talk to just one person, you talk to a specific niche instead of just shooting at it. It's like my best coach always told me, it's like you go to a party and you just stand at the entrance and you shout, hello, hello, and no one really answers. Instead of just going to a specific person, take their hands like, hey, I'm Nadine, you know? So that's what I always do that for all my clients and myself. I know exactly who the persona is and I really research their language. Like what kind of books do they read? How do they write on Facebook? Like what kind of words do they use? And I write it all down so that I really know, okay, this is the person I want to talk to. And only then I kind of create that person in my target audience on Facebook and then run after it. Yeah. How do you do some of that research? Like, do you type in the words that you might look for and see who those people are? Because I know Facebook is, has become more of a search engine in the search bar as well. Totally. So Facebook, um, that's a good advice you just said, but there's also a tool in Facebook ads. It's called Facebook Insights. When, if you're in your ads manager and you go to Facebook Insights, you can type in certain uh, pages, for example, and then Facebook gives you ideas of what people might like as well. So for example, if you're looking for travelers and you type in Condé Nast as a travel magazine, then it shows you, oh, other people have also liked this magazine or this page and you know, like, oh, okay. But my super trick is to go to Amazon And then just think about, I usually ask the client, what books would your persona read? Or just give me one book. And then you type it in. And then what I do is I go to the reviews and I see what what people wrote. Like what kind of words did they use? Why did they like this book? Why didn't like didn't like the book what kind of words did they use what was in the headline of the book and I tried to kind of recreate their language from that 
So that's something that I want everyone to know too. So Nadine does so much research behind the scenes. It's not just this life that you were saying just magically happened. Like there's research, there's time, there's, especially as a digital nomad and someone who works freelance, you don't have set hours. So you could be working into the night. I mean, the other day I was at my computer from 6am to like midnight. (coughs) Yeah. So I think that's what a lot of people underestimate. And I mean, I don't post a picture on Instagram, me sitting on the computer because I don't think anyone will be like, wow, that's so interesting. But it is a lot of time where I just sit on my computer in my room and I just do research. I really like it, but I try to share it on my story so that people get like um, a behind the scenes impression. And I never say to any of my followers like, ah, you just can get this life. You never have to work again. That's not true. I do work, but I choose when and where I work. So that's what gives me my freedom. Right. And that's how you built. For those who can't hear, it's the morning here. And my (laughs) voice is so raspy. Um, But choosing where... Okay, I'll edit this. Choosing where and when you work for a lot of people is really important because you can design your ideal day around that, which is amazing. Yeah. So that was the most important thing why I chose to do that job because I knew I, all I need is my laptop and I can sit at an airport and type something in. I can sit at the pool and use my phone to work. It's still work, but it doesn't feel like work. For me, it just feels like work. If someone, a boss tells me you have to sit in your office at 8am and what if I wake up that morning and I feel miserable and I just don't feel creative at all. And sometimes I'm already in bed and I feel like, oh, I just got this great idea for this client and I open my laptop and then I work at 11 p.m. But it doesn't matter because in the morning, no one tells me when to go get up. I do the exact same. It's amazing. Like I will be in my bed and get an idea and roll over, write it in my notes. Or if it's something I feel like I need to take immediate action on, I'm like, okay, leaving my bedroom, going to work right now. Like totally at 11.30 p.m. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So I know we're the same in that sense, but going back to some of your clients who you work with, what are some of their main concerns and questions that you get from your clients and like, what are their pain points? So why are they really looking for help with social media? Well, especially when it comes to Facebook ads, they usually try themselves and then they put in a certain amount of money and realize, well, they don't get anything back. They don't get a like, they don't get a click. They definitely don't get a sale. So I think the biggest pain point is knowledge because this is a time where everything changes so fast. You have to be always on top of it and they have to run a business. So they come to me usually either because they don't have time. So they want me to manage everything just because they don't have time or because they don't have the knowledge, especially when it comes to Facebook ads, people think they do know, but when I tell them what I'm going to do and how we're going to do it, they're like, Oh, this is all the things you can do in here with Instagram ads and Facebook ads. So I would say the main uh, pain points are really like no time or just not the knowledge, which is good for me because that's why I'm, (laughs) why I have a job, right? (laughs) Yes, exactly. And so just not really knowing about what Facebook ads can do, do you ever see, or would you ever recommend using the Facebook suggested audience? Or is that really just what you were talking about shooting in the dark? 
Yeah, that's shooting in the dark for me. I would always do um, my own target audience. And the thing with Facebook ads as well is people usually think like they put on one ad and then they will see results. That's never, ever the case. You're constantly testing. Facebook ads is basically the same with Instagram ads. It's a testing game. I test usually three to four audiences. I test four to five headlines, three to four pictures, and that is a lot, a lot of work. And of course, also a lot of money. But um, that's the thing. Like if you just have one target audience and you say all females between 25 and 32 in this city, you will, that's wasted money. And if you have an exact target audience, then you can spend the money on that one, but you also test another one. And then you'll see, ah, oh, this audience reacts better to what I write compared to this one. So I'm going to put more money in this audience. So it's basically, my boyfriend always says it's like a gamble. You always test what's, what works best. And that's kind of the best description for it. Right. But I, and I heard someone say this, I actually follow Angie Lee and she always talks about messy action. So it's better to take messy action than not doing any action at all. And that kind of goes under, I don't know if you listen to Gary Vee, but he says some similar yeah, things to that too, where you're not going to learn from planning or you're not going to learn from just sitting there. You're only going to learn from taking action on specific parts of your business. So yeah. I just wrote down a question. Oh, how much do your clients tend to, I'm sure it can vary, but how much do your clients tend to spend on these Instagram ads, especially if it's, I'm sorry, I keep saying Instagram ads, Facebook ads. Um, even if it's in the beginning process where you're still testing those headlines and different demographics. I usually tell them to put at least a thousand dollars per month aside for ads, but I did have clients who had less of a budget and I still got them results. That is just, then you have to be also a bit lucky to get the, the things right, but it depends so much on your business and how good you already know your target audience. If you just come to me and you have no idea um, then it's going to cost you a lot more money because I need to test everything. But if you already know, look, this is exactly our audience. This is where they hang on. This is the language I, they use. It's for me easier. I can spend less money on testing. Um, and I'm all for messy action, yes. But when it comes to Facebook ads, I do think you need to have a strategy first. Definitely when it comes to target audience. And then from then on, you need to test. But if you feel like, oh, look, I've got $50 a month and I want to create a conversion, I want to create conversions and sell from my store, but I've never run ads before, then Facebook ads or Instagram ads is not the thing for you to go in the beginning. That's so, honestly, that's so interesting. I love that you can give kind of an average that the companies try to spend per month. Um, yeah. Because that's an amazing way to reach a whole new audience on Instagram and Facebook. Um, it is crazy. It's so like there's so many possibilities. And I love when I see clients who didn't believe in Facebook ads in the beginning and they they see the growth, I can get them and then they're so pumped. They're like, "Oh my god, I had no idea that this was possible." So the sky is the limit when it comes to Facebook and Instagram ads, but I do think and that starting from next year is going to get it's already way more expensive than it was a few years ago starting from next year will be even more expensive. So if you want to jump on that train, like you should go on it now. 
And that's really good advice because it's so true. I feel like the internet is becoming the new Facebook and the new, I'm sorry, the internet is becoming the new magazines and the new billboards. So while those got really expensive and then everyone changed to internet traffic, now the ad space for internet traffic is really just going to dramatically increase in the next 10 years. I mean, in the next year. Totally. Yeah. And that's why I I always suggest working with a Facebook ad manager because they they still know where is it cheaper. For example, at the moment, if you run an ad on Facebook, it's probably more expensive than if you run an ad on Instagram story. So these are always like little tricks that the digital marketer should be ahead. So if you hire someone, they can tell you how to invest your money best and so that you get the highest return. Which is important because I know companies are always looking for an ROI. If they don't see an ROI, they're going to be like, well, why did I hire you? This isn't working. And basically probably... (laughs) It's my favorite words. What ROI are you going to get me? (laughs) Seriously. It's like, okay, great. So yeah. going that for ROI, especially when talking about small businesses, because I know that small businesses usually don't have the largest budget to spend on Facebook and Instagram ads. So if you were a small retail store or a small online store, how would using Facebook ads differ for each type of company or would they be the same? Um, so what I would say is for both company, what they have to think about is or what the main uh, mistake is that most, um, especially retail um, companies make, is they just put an add-on with an offer. And they will pay so much money for that because hardly anyone will click, which will increase your cost. So you need to have what we call a warmed-up audience. So people already need to know who you are. And you get them uh, micro- to do micro-commitments. You don't just put out an ad and say, buy these pants for $50 or buy my necklace in our store tomorrow. No one will click on that. Or if someone clicks, it will be very expensive. So my suggestion for both those um, examples you gave me is, for example, run a video ad. So you do a video. It can be of your store. It can be of your product. It should be something creative that gets people's attention. And then, People who watch your video, they're actually going to be saved in your Facebook ad account as a separate new target audience. Mm. That means you can retarget them. And that's kind of where the magic happens in Facebook. So let's say I watch a video of someone 10 seconds. I feel like, oh, yeah, that was good. Um, And then the next day I see an ad of that company who puts something up, a discount code or anything like that. I'm way more likely to click on that ad than I was two days before where I had no idea who that company is. So for both, um, I would always suggest warm up your audience before you have, before you make them to do a commitment and only do like micro commitment. For example, if it's an online store, that's my favorite, then you can do video ad and then retarget them with a freebie, like download your free pack list or whatever. And then you have them on your email list. And then from there, you can send them emails and slowly get them to that sale. But it is a process. You don't just jump on Facebook and say, here, buy my product. That's going to be expensive for both examples. Right. And do people need to watch a certain amount of a video? Or can it just be even if they click on it, is that a warmed up audience? You can choose within Facebook. You can say three seconds, 10 seconds, 50%, 75%. 
But of course, the higher percentage they watched, the more likely they will remember you. I never do three seconds because that's just probably accidentally click on it. You know, when you scroll and then you accidentally click yeah. on the video and like, no, no, no. So I never do three seconds. I usually do 10 seconds and more. Okay. And then you see from there how many people did you reach? You know, if you're a small company, if you're a small budget, it's really tricky. So I usually do 10 seconds. Okay. That and makes sense because they're definitely the most warmed up, as you would say. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I heard this statistic one time and correct me if you've heard something a little bit different, but I've heard that people need to see an average of your products or your company seven times before they even purchase something. So yes. I don't know if you know any of the psychology behind that or if that's just true, if you could talk to that a little bit. Yeah, that is true. Well, at least that's what um, I heard, read and learned in all my uh, coachings as well. And that's why I try to teach my client that you cannot just put up one ad, buy my product. And that's why we do warm up an audience. So they've already seen you several times. And again, then it makes sense to put them on your email list because then they hear from you constantly over and over again until one point they feel like, okay, yeah, I know this person. Now I'm going to buy. I think it's like a really good explanation when you do, when you're, um, when you're a coach and you try to sell a membership, an online course or anything like that, they won't trust you just because they've seen you once. But if they hear you over and over again, giving out value for free because you do free life coachings or you put a blog post up there, people will remember you and feel like, okay, yeah, I've already known this person and I've seen so much value. Now I'm going to check out their program. But if you just post hey, I'm Nadine, please buy my online course. People will not be interested in it. So yeah, this is true. They need to hear from you seven or eight times, yeah. That's awesome. And I keep hearing the LKT, the like, know, and trust model. Like people aren't yeah. going to buy from you and people, if they don't like, know, and trust you and your product. So that's why you do need to keep continuously putting footage out there and products so people can see it and know your name. So when your name was popping up, like Nadine was saying, they're going to finally want to click on you or finally be like, you know what? This product is really awesome. And I really do want to give it a try. So that's super important. Um, and then I know you were talking about coaching. So Nadine is a coach. So if you want to talk a little bit about your website and any things that you're finishing up right now that you have going on. Yeah. So, um, like I said in the beginning, I've just finished up my program to, uh, for other people who want to learn how to become a social media manager, but for that, because they need to get trust in me first as well. I've created a free guide where you can learn the first five strategies on how to get started. So in this guide, I'll teach my strategies, how to get your first client, how to get the knowledge you need to become a social media manager. So really just what I wanted when I first started out. And you can get this guide on uh, thesocialshells.com slash free dash guide. So thesocialshells.com slash free slash guide. Perfect. And I will put that in the notes after so people can go through and just click on that. Um, I know sometimes you hear a website, but then you sometimes seeing it and clicking it is always easy. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> so that's amazing. So she has a guide with the first uh, five strategies for how to become a social media manager, which is amazing because um, 
you obviously want to like, know and trust Nadine, but honestly, I've been following her for so long and I have really enjoyed watching her like grow. And the fact that she now has a guide to help you guys be able to become a social media manager and travel the world, um, is awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. You're welcome. Um, well, I'm so thankful for all of your knowledge and your tips for Instagram ads and Facebook ads. Could you quickly tell us where everyone could find you? Yeah, so they can always find me on Instagram, blonde underline seashell, or on my website, nadinerohner.com. And if you feel like I haven't gotten um, in detail on the podcast, or if you still have questions about Facebook ads, you can always message me. I love talking about social media. So feel free to reach out. I'm always on Instagram like you. I live, I basically, I feel like I live on Instagram. So right, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a home away from home. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, I get to know people like you. That wouldn't have happened without Instagram. So I'm really grateful for this. Thank you. I'm so like so thankful for you to be on the podcast. So thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you.